It is in the nature of the human being to complain. With Maya Angelou, still we must rise above the judgment, atop the flame of evolution. Robbie Williams made an incredibly profound statement during his recent documentary. It sent my mind whirling and threw a minority report-like screen up in front of my eyes, which I mentally started shifting recent conversations and considerations around on. If you've never seen Minority Report, picture one of those screens, hologram-type screens that you see in the TV shows, a lot of the medical shows nowadays, people moving objects around on them. I've been doing a lot of writing and researching recently. I'm writing my first book about walking the Camino de Santiago, sharing ten life lessons, threading in and out of the experience of narcissistic abuse. And one of the lessons I was writing about last week was heeding our instincts and following our intuition. Later that evening after writing, I was listening to Blind Boy talking about spying on horses while chatting to Robbie Williams on the phone. I was never a big Take That or Robbie Williams fan, but some of his songs are ubiquitous to my teens and twenties. If you're listening to this and you don't know who Robbie Williams is, Google Angels or um, Let Me Entertain You. He's, he's a really famous pop and I think, no, I'm not going to say rock, <laughs> I'll get crucified, pop star in the UK and Ireland. And he's, he's a good performer. His concerts look fantastic. As I was listening to the Blind Boy podcast, I got the sudden urge to watch Robbie's documentary. I, I don't watch a lot of TV, um, so this is kind of unlike me. And I don't usually like to stop something once I've started it. But these days I listen to and trust my urges again. My intuition said watch it, so I did. In one of the episodes, Robbie says that listening to the UK press fucked up his intuition. Up to a point, he'd always gone with his gut when deciding what to do with his career. And then, press speak, or the things the press were saying about him, broke his trust in himself. Austin Powers might have called it losing his mojo. I'm not going to explain any more about it because I don't want to ruin it for you if you watch it. Hearing him say that got me to thinking about what I'd just written in my book. I stopped heeding my instincts. I let external influences fuck up my intuition. Just like Robbie Williams, I lost my mojo. Then I started thinking about influence and influencers and how behaviours, attitudes and accents adapt in response to external influence. As if reading my mind, my phone sent me an article about influencer speak, which scared me a little bit because I know that neuroscientists are now using brain scans to be able to understand and put words to people's thoughts. But I don't think phones can do that just yet. The article led me down a rabbit hole of reading about how women, young women particularly, lead evolutionary linguistic change at the same time as being told to change, mostly by men. 
how these things wend their way into my awareness to form the web of words they end up weaving is far beyond my capacity to comprehend. But we're not at the centre of the wheel. Two days later, I was flicking through my video shorts to decide what to use to promote last week's interview with Valentina. We recorded in December, so I couldn't remember everything that was in there. Sipping on my cacao, I suddenly hear the words. Changes in behaviour, historical influences, no more boundaries, new ways of influencing each other and influencing language. Influence quickly became the word of the week. But how would I wrap all this up into an episode? I wasn't sure. Having set the goal, I tried to force myself to get the episode written last Sunday. But my body and mind just couldn't get it together. So I followed my own advice and went off for a daydream, which turned into a full-on couch crash for an hour and a half with Televisión Consciente. And I think that's how you pronounce it. Uh, conscious television on low in the background. I'm based in Spain, so the afternoon siesta is something my 40-year-old self is beginning to embrace with quite open arms. And when I woke up, I clicked into one more article. And as I was reading, I had a flash of insight and it all came together on three post-it notes. I added a fourth a few days later to prepare what was supposed to be the opening of this episode, but which got bumped to here. And rightly so. I'm of the opinion that when a plan is not realised as planned, it's because something is yet to be revealed. And so it has been. Today we tie it all together. Today is St. Bridget's Day. February 1st, Imbolc. Now, as you're listening, of course, it's not St. Bridget's Day. This is going to be published next week. Well, and you might be listening in a year. So whenever you're listening, the day that I'm recording this and have written finally the, the words that I wanted to say in, in a way that I can express them as best possible for you is St. Bridget's Day. A few years ago, my stepmom gave me a calendar with quotes on it. Despite having turned it every day for the past few years, I still see some of the messages for the first time. The word of the week is influence. The topic, external influence. Waking up today, the message I read. It is easy in the world to live after the world's opinion. It is easy in solitude to live after our own. But the great person is the one who, in the midst of the crowd, keeps with perfect sweetness the independence of solitude. I stood at six o'clock this morning, bleary-eyed for a minute or two, re-reading it until it landed. Ah! The great person is the one who, in the midst of the crowd, is not externally influenced. Maktub, Paolo Coelho wrote in The Alchemist, and I hope I've pronounced it properly. Some part of me wonders if all of this is written, destiny or fate, as the Arabic word signifies. 
I don't know how else it can all come together. When we allow ourselves to be externally influenced, we become slaves to society. Bridget of Kildare, the Christian matron saint of Ireland, and namesake of the goddesses Bridget, for she is known as a triple deity, was born into slavery in a place called Fahart, about twenty minutes from where I grew up. Raised until my mother gave me a choice, in Catholicism, I spent many an hour kneeling on the stones at her shrine. As was typical of religious imposition, the pagan goddess Bridget and the day she represented were absorbed and altered to fit the fancies of the church. Nobody knows the full specifics of Bridget's story, but both the Laragabal Aaron, uh, the Book of Invasions as it's called in English, and Cormac's Glossary acknowledge her as the goddess of poets. And both of those books are two of the oldest books holding what is said to be the history of Ireland in, in prose and poetry, and a glossary of Irish terms that were written by monks. So they're not considered to be true histories because they were maybe Christianized in some ways. Wisdom, inspiration, justice and protection were her attributes. Her sister deities were Bridget the Healer and Bridget the Blacksmith. Christian Bridget's mother's name was Bracca. I almost meandered down a winding country lane when I discovered this. There's an area of the brain that's long been associated with language called Bracca's area. And, in another Blind Boy episode, I heard something about the Bracca gene discovery, the breast cancer gene discovery, that made my blood boil. But when I started writing it in, the links didn't feel like they fit. So I've left them off for now. I'm going to interview the woman who simplified neuroscience for me, subsequently influencing my life tra trajectory quite considerably, in a very good way, soon. She knows a lot more than me about subconscious links of language and things like that, so we'll wait and see if that's the link that might be missing. Just before we meander back up the country lane to Bridget, I'd like to take a wee second, I hope you don't mind, to say thank you to a couple of people. St Bridget's Day is one of renewal and new beginnings. We may energetically release that which no longer serves us and allow the fire of Bridget to ignite within us the creativity and passion to bring new projects to life. In the Celtic calendar, it marks the beginning of spring. It's also about the halfway point between the winter solstice and the spring equinox, when this podcast will celebrate its first anniversary. Today is the day of the 52nd episode publication, because on day one I published, I think it was six, Today is also the day I take over full production, having had it produced by the team at Progressive Media for the past year. I am incredibly grateful to Ashley, Dan, Amelia and everybody else on the team for all their support and patience as I've navigated year one of podcasting, testing, trying and wrecking their heads at times for sure. Without Progressive and Rob Moore, I wouldn't have my podcast and I absolutely adore it. A hundred thousand thanks this time did not feel like enough. So, muchísimas gracias. Jinkuye.
Shia, shia, shukran. Merci beaucoup. Dankeschön. Mille grazie. Domori gatto. Obrigada. August, the most important one. Permina Mahagiv. Thank you. To Paul, also known as Korku, formerly of Rastakan, I am indebted and will not forget. Paul and I go back to the days I threw dirty drum and bass sessions in my mother's house, one of which the Rastakan lads came out to DJ at for three days. He open-heartedly, without charging me a penny, mixed my intro music and worked at it for I don't know how many hours until he got it exactly how my brain and heart imagined it, right down to the solfeggio heart frequency. Love and gratitude abound, and will someday, somehow, come back around to you, my friend. The goddess Bridget was given the name Fiery Arrow. A fierce protector. She encourages us to stand up for what we believe is right. Christian Bridget's ability to self-heal and to help others heal was legendary. We are encouraged to tend our inner feminine fire, not to be afraid. Famous for being able to convince others to give her what she needed of their own volition, Bridget teaches us to connect the heart and use it in conjunction with the mind to get what we want. Maktub. The title of my book begins with From Head to Heart. I hadn't done my Bridget research when that title was gifted to me. We're in an age of evolution, an evolution of women. If you're a man listening to this, I urge you to stay. Aggressive feminism is not a tune I play my whistle to. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I get moody about the patriarchy that suppressed the gender I identify as for as long as history books seem to carry stories. But I'm of the opinion that the support of men alongside women is the remedy required. Women speak the language of the heart. That doesn't mean we cannot use our heads. Rather that we have a capacity to understand and access empathy and emotion in a way that men have not traditionally been permitted to. We each need the other. Society has been conditioned to judge almost everything a woman does and speak publicly about it. One such area of judgment is how females speak, their tonality, inflection and the linguistic choices they make. Teenage girls in particular get an awful rap. And here I have to make a confession. I have been guilty, guilty of negatively judging the teenage girls of today. So guilty, in fact, that I have recently trained two ambitious budding doctors out of using the word like for fear that they would be negatively judged by a Cambridge examiner in a speaking test. The fact is that young women have been found to lead about 90% of linguistic change. Teenagers are risk takers. They'll create new slang words, use up speak or vocal fry and add new filler words like like into conversations. And I have to admit, I mean, I've been speaking for years and trained to speak. My, my platform trains people to speak with audio and video content. And I've never been as conscious about the depth and the gravelly sound of my voice as I am making this episode today. 
my voice goes low. I have a, a deep tonality probably from all the years I spent smoking, to be fair. But after reading all the stuff about how women are complained about and, and talked about, I'm really conscious today. But I'm not internalizing that. Teenagers are risk takers, like I said. They'll add new filler words like like into conversation. But that doesn't mean it's being accepted. One article I read shared a Twitter reply from the host of the 99% Invisible podcast, who got so tired of receiving compl complaints from listeners about the tone of female reporters' voices that they set up a filter and automatic response telling the sender that in no uncertain terms would their email be looked at or actioned and would, in fact, sit in a filtered folder until it was automatically deleted. Good on them. Upspeak is one of the areas complained about. I'm giving an example of upspeak there. I'm not trying to take the mick of people. Upspeak is one of the areas complained about. It's apparently being used today by internet influencers to hold an audience's attention and even is taught in radio broadcasting. When the voice consistently goes up, people watch or listen for longer, waiting for the speaker to finish and drop their voice. But the up speaker doesn't. I feel uncomfortable when I speak like that. Valley Girls made this famous and many out there are thankful for it as a vocal technique. But in certain communication circumstances, upspeak will stand up strongly against you, especially as a woman. When there's no finality in a voice, it can sound like the speaker is uncertain, uninformed, and yes, this is a judgment bias, uneducated or a little childish. In many workplaces, particularly those still run by the patriarchy or in a more traditional way. Speaking like this won't get you anywhere. Unless you want to do a Bill Clinton on your boss, maybe. I train people how to use upspeak to build a climax before dropping into a point. I also train them out of using it when it can come across as unconfident. But I don't train social media speakers. And I'm quite traditional in my teachings, to be fair. They work on stage and in meeting rooms, at least for now. Another area of complaints is that of vocal fry. So this is what I mentioned being a bit conscious of earlier on. Here again, women are complained about, but not men, despite the fact that both use vocal fry in equal measure. What do I mean when I say vocal fry? Vocal fry is when the voice drops below the pitch that it would normally never reach. So. It's, um, I'm going to try it, but I don't, I don't use it intentionally to, in this way that it's, um, it's complained about. It, it is a technique and it's also a natural tendency. Uh, so, uh, basically, like, when you drop down, <laughs> it's not a very good example. Let me see if I can do it when I'm, I'm talking through the next part. It's not always an adaptation. No, that's not good. It's not always an adaptation, as moaners maintain. It's often a natural tendency, a pitch technique, used when adding information in vocal parenthesis. So maybe I can use it there. Use when, used when adding information 
in vocal parenthesis. So did you hear the way my voice dropped down in the parenthesis? So the idea is that you pull somebody in. It's not it's not a very good example. But it it'll do. So it's used when adding information in vocal parenthesis to demonstrate differences between information or grammatical points. New research on babies and language acquisition is revealing that these pitch changes are an essential element of how babies pick up rhythm in speech. The resources I provide, if you sign up, for example, to support the podcast, teach these pitch techniques, how to use it to accentuate for a change of thought and to display emotion. Another area of complaint is that of vocal fry. Here again, women are complained about, but not men, despite the fact that both use vocal fry in equal measure. It's not always an adaptation, as mourners maintain. It's often a natural tendency, a pitch technique, used when adding information in vocal parenthesis to demonstrate differences between information or grammatical points. New research on babies and language acquisition is revealing that these pitch changes are an essential element of how babies pick up rhythm in speech. The resources I provide when you sign up to support the podcast teach these techniques, how to use it to accentuate, for a change of thought and to display emotion. The vocal fry complained about is when women, men do it too, like I said, but the complaints come in about women, drop their voices below the normal pitch range into a scratchy uh, type noise. So like, I want to, I want to, I want to bring you in. Again, the goal is apparently to keep the listener drawn in. <laughs> I'm not very good at doing it. Maybe that's an example of it there. Do you see the way my voice went low and gravelly? I'm not very good at doing it. Ugh. I've noticed it overused. I can't deny it. And I hear it in my voice now when I'm speaking today, but like I said, it's a natural tendency. And I'd have just as much issue listening to a man drag my ears along a gravel path as I would with a woman. Unfortunately, the same cannot be said about social or societal listeners. The headphones go in and the judgments come out. And the women get the brunt of it. Many female writers on this topic say, if you have a problem with it, it says more about you than it does about me. Personally, I find that to be, I'm just going to say it, a crock of shit. Now that was a bit strong. If you didn't like it, send me a complaint. I'm happy to hear any feedback. And you might change my mind, who knows. I don't have to like your voice or your vocal technique. You don't have to like mine. Not liking it doesn't mean I don't like you or what you have to say. It just means that I may not want to continue listening to you. And that's human. The brain is wired to categorise. Part of babies learning rhythm from pitch changes is to help them learn to categorise. On top of that, what one culture might find acceptable to the ear another won't. My cursing on the podcast will turn loads of people off. But I was a good girl publicly for long enough, always afraid of being negatively judged or getting caught not being a lady worthy of pride and prejudice. Curses drip off my tongue like a hot dog's saliva in summer. 
men get away with it. So the world is going to need to learn that women do it too. In fact, there is excellent research on the stress-reducing powers of cursing, which I am planning on doing an episode on soon. I think I had a bit of vocal fry there, eh? One of the best lessons I've had in the past three years came from Jim Fortin in 2020, while listening to his podcast on judgment, over and over again, until I felt the words become part of me. There will always be three kinds of people. Those who love it, those who hate it, and those who don't care either way. They're all judgments. One of them just happens to be positive. The problem with judgment is how we perceive it and what we allow that perception to do to our thinking. How we internalise the external influence. Bridget tells us to stand our ground. To connect our heads with our hearts to get what we want. Not with the intent to cause harm. To invite her in and move forwards with graceful determination and passionate enthusiasm. Valentina told us last week, there are no boundaries anymore. We are influencing each other in ways the world has never seen. As non-sentient AI overwhelms communication mediums, the language of the heart will become more important than ever. How we internalise external influence will write the scripts of future generations. It is in the nature of the human being to complain. With Maya Angelou, still we must rise above the judgment, atop the flame of evolution. It is the great person who, in the midst of the crowd, keeps with perfect sweetness the independence of solitude. However you find yourself influenced, may you be able to turn your eye inward and never allow external influences to fuck up your intuition. As always, please like, share, follow and rate the podcast. Send me an email and complain about my gravelly voice if you don't like it. Come back next time. Vanity on this podcast. Thanks for listening. Thank you.